Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong. That's the fact, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. I'm strong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. Everyone knows it. But the dramatics could come down just a little bit. And now, he Strong and Getty. And this is why so many people are starting to read the Quran. Okay, so I'm an ex-Christian reading the Quran. Today, I'm going to go through fighting. Fighting war. I started reading the Quran. So I have started already tonight a little bit. It is my first time reading the Quran. This sentence from the Quran just answered a question. Okay, guys, so I got the Quran. So I'm an atheist who recently got a copy of the clear Quran to start reading. I was really, I just started reading the Quran and I am so excited. Right, that's enough of that. So the latest TikTok trend among young people, particularly young women who want to seem enlightened and not down with the whole colonialist West is they're embracing the Quran. So that's similar to the Osama bin Laden letter thing from a week or so ago, and it sounds very similar. Now, I've taken in a couple of podcasts from super smart people who say these are clearly orchestrated by somebody. The language is too similar. There's something going on Mm. with this, but how it's a little uh, difficult to understand how that would happen. Let's see. Who seeks to undermine the West and has an influence over TikTok? Hmm. Play the gong, Michael. Play the gong. But I don't. What, do, I, do I have to tip you or what? How does this work? Somebody explain it. There it is. So, yeah, I get China's buying it, Russia's buying it, whoever. But these aren't actresses, I don't think. So I don't know what exactly is going on there. But it does seem a little... All y'all at the same time decided to read the Bin Laden letter and comment on TikTok with the same sort of language. It's just weird. I'm normally uh, annoyed when people refer to influencers online, but that's what it is. It's young people influencing each other, creating trends, convincing each other with the help of the Chinese algorithms that, hey, everybody's doing it. This is super hot and it's super interesting. You really ought to read the Koran. 
because the young people are easily influenced. Okay, so we also mentioned that the Oakland City Council the other night passed a resolution unanimously calling for a ceasefire in Israel. Well, first of all, cities getting involved in foreign policy and decisions of wars other countries are fighting, it's not really a thing. So, I mean, particularly cities that are circling the drain. I mean, we're not at war, so it's not even your own country. So you're asking other people on the other side of the earth to do something. But anyway, um, there's that, which which, which is weird. But what was left out of the story a lot is any attempt to condemn Hamas... Was voted out. They they had a vote where they condemned the October seventh attacks, and no, that didn't pass. That went down six two. So uh, unanimously call for a ceasefire. Okay, condemn Hamas. No, here's a little bit of the four and a half hours of people coming to the microphone and speaking their piece. What it sounded like there at the Oakland City Council meeting. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those was killed on October seventh. You, your time is up. Including children were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to. A- Thank you. Your time is up. To hear them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists? There's been a lot of atrocity propaganda ranging from claims of beheaded babies to mass rape. Hamas is not a terrorist organization just because the U.S. and Israel um, deems it so. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of Palestinian people and their land. Well, that's horrifying. And I would like to dismiss that as, you know, fringe numbnuts, but when you have a half a million people in London a couple of weeks ago, or some of the other giant rallies that have happened all across America, yipes. So you got the combination of it didn't happen, and and besides, if it did, it was justified. Right, yeah, it absolutely did not happen. It absolutely happened, and it should happen. Exactly. And as always, the, the ratio of women to men, uh, how many of those speakers were young women twenty in their 20s, most likely? It's so interesting. That's horrifying. I'm Like, like I keep saying, this isn't the normal, they believe taxes should be higher than I do, or, or whatever other normal issues we argue, and people use the same tone of voice. This is some real, are we going to have a civilization or not stuff going on. Yipes. You people you know, scare the crap out of me. Got this note from uh, Mike that I thought was very good. Very few people are correctly describing the war between Israel and Hamas. It's not a war of oppressors versus oppressed. It's a war of Western civilization versus Islamic civilization. Ever since it was created, Islam has been at war with the West and has tried to conquer the West. Iran has been at war with Western civilization and has been for thousands of years. From the Greeks to the Romans, Iran has been trying to conquer the West as well. These punk white kids have no idea what oppression is. My mom's family is Egyptian and Catholic. Try being Christian. Christian Islamic country where you have very few rights. That's true oppression. The parents of these kids need to cut them off, not pay for college, and kick them out of the house. They're nothing more than a disgrace. 
Yeah, so I'm starting to move in my own thinking from, listen to these idiots, to how are we going to deal with this many people who think that and have been taught that their whole lives? How are we going to deal with this? This is a problem to confront. You can't just say they're morons, dumb, whatever, odd. Nah, there's a lot of them. And getting to the, uh, I wanted to fit that in with the poll numbers that are out from uh, on Joe Biden from Gallup, because I'm thinking a lot of it is his policy in Israel, which I mostly agree with. I mean, he's on the right side of this, and it's hurting his poll numbers a lot. Biden falls to a record low 27% approval among independents. It's an eight-point drop from the beginning of October. What has happened since October? That has caused him to drop almost double digits among independents. And in the younger crowd, it's even more. Man, if you got that many people out there that don't like the United States standing up for uh, for Israel, that's, uh, I find that very, very troubling. I would guess most, if not damn near all of that number, is a drop among young young voters. Right. Um, uh, but I agree 100% with your previous point. I mean, calling them, uh, you know... Educated woke morons or whatever is satisfying, inaccurate. Um, but if if a if an idiot caves in your head, your head is caved in, and that point of view, that movement, is simplistic and ahistorical and amoral as it is, has a lot of energy and a lot of people. Which is why I, you know, I, I come and do this every day and try to tell people, look, I'm not some sort of paranoid right wing uh, conspiracy theorist. I've studied political movements my entire adult life, and this is one you need to pay attention to. Well, yeah, like uh, Mark Halpern wrote the other day in his newsletter, he said, I've been studying this sort of thing for decades all over the world. I've never seen anything like this. Mm hmm. Uh,. Uh, various political movements. And the problem is, for most of these people, to have a shot at arguing them out of their position would take hours and hours and hours <laughs> of sitting down and, you know, with somebody they trusted and believed uh, because that's how they got to where they are. Hours and hours and hours of listening to a professor that they believed or a high school teacher mm-hmm. that brought them to where they are. Yeah, it would be an interesting combination of a curriculum because it would have to be, I mean, I don't have the sort of mind that can grab, maybe Ben Shapiro does, the uh, little genius that he is, but you would have to be able to bring to the table an enormous amount of historical information and context presented in the right order and in the right way and in the manner of a cult intervention or uh, deprogramming, that sort of thing, because it's got to be approached very, very carefully. As you indicated, it would have to be a trusted person approaching it very, very gently at first. So this is this is a hell of an issue. Well, I don't think that's doable. The only the only the only thing you can do is stop teaching kids this crap uh, their whole formative years. For the next generation, but you're going to have a big chunk of people out there saying the sort of nonsense you just heard there. And obviously, they were very adamant and angry with their nonsense. Again, for some of them who don't believe it even happened. No, it was Israeli soldiers who, who killed those babies. Okay, that's an interesting premise. And then the, well, it's justified. It's absolutely justified. 
That's... Because they're the oppressed and Israel's the oppressor. And uh, they're a colonizer, too. The idea that the Jews are the colonizers is historically almost hilarious. Well, and if you're going to get into an argument where you can ever justify beheading babies in front of their parents, uh, poof, can't come up with any causes where that's justified. Yeah, yeah. Well, and my final note is that, uh, you know, I could probably come up with 10 political movements uh, just off the top of my head that had so much impact, they killed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And uh, most of them were powered by young people. And almost all of them, when you look at them soberly, their premises, their logic are idiotic. They're unsupportable. But idiotic, unsupportable political movements succeed all the time. Yeah, that montage we just played is one of the more disturbing things I've ever heard. Armstrong and Getty. This is the day that we say you're about to open a pit of hell. The Bobcat Technoloid. A Bobcat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. Obviously, this does not appear to be a nominal situation. Well, Lottie freaking God. Okay. Come on. That was quite entertaining. That was really cool. It, it, it makes no sense. This country is going to be in big trouble. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but 
you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Oh. The ever-growing bureaucracy devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion naturally recommends that more time and energy be spent on these issues. The most obvious lack of diversity at universities, political diversity, which clearly affects their ability to analyze many issues, is never addressed, showing that these goals are not centrally related to achieving or sustaining or building excellence. How did they just come around to deciding to talk about this? That's Fareed Zakari on CNN. We've been talking about this for years. It was obvious. Were they afraid to say it, or did they actually not know it? I don't know. I would love to ask Fareed that very question, because I'm sitting here gobsmacked, even though I've heard that before. But this is precisely what we have been saying, and people like us, using precisely the same reasoning and examples that you just raised, and you're acting like you just figured this out. How can that possibly be? Right, because you've got a high-level poli-sci degree. You were able to figure, you, you did the work, and you sat down, and you poured through the books and figured out, hey, they've got diversity of skin color, but not of opinion. And that's really the part that matters most. Yeah. Wow, in an institution devoted to thinking, they all think precisely the same. And if anybody dares to think uh, otherwise, they drum them out. Wait a moment! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't... uh, maybe it is cowardice. I don't know, Jack. I think you may be right. I was struck by the fact, and we'll get back into Free Zakaria, who, um, he, I mean, there are times he's such a lefty, he annoys the hell out of me, but, I mean, he was absolutely right on with this stuff. And take heart, folks. More and more people are realizing it's not j- just anti-Semitism. That is merely the, the sign of the disease going on in universities. But I was struck by the fact that the New York Times is uh, quoting uh, the Heritage Foundation at how the university res- president's lawyerly responses were like a zoom moment during the pandemic when parents first listened closely to what their children were learning in school and concluded it was quote subpar in quality and radical in content and they even in the new york times listen to this sentence you have to listen carefully now one leading Republican presidential contender, Governor Ron DeSantis, won a following among conservatives with incessant attacks on diversity programs and the teaching of left-wing theories of racism at Florida public universities. Whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't say he refused to teach about slavery. Right. They said, yeah, what he's against is left-wing theories of racism. That's the first time and I've they ever could heard have thrown that. in radical. Yeah. yeah. It's the first time I've ever heard that. That's a change. Yeah, interesting. It's subtle, but significant. Uh, let's uh, plunge in a little more Fareed while we have some time. Let's start with 80, Michael. Go from there. When one thinks of America's greatest strengths, the kind of assets the world looks at with admiration and envy, America's elite universities would long have been at the top of that list. But the American public has been losing faith in these universities for good reason. Three university presidents came under fire this week for their vague and indecisive answers when asked whether calling for the genocide of Jews would violate their institution's codes of conduct. But to understand their performance, we have to understand the broad shift that has taken place at elite universities, which have gone from being centers of excellence 
to institutions pushing political agendas. Wow. Welcome to the party. Hey, I was glad you're here. It's 11.45 at night, but okay. <laughs> but again, um, when your dog comes to you, Jack, you don't kick him. No, and he under, he also understands the audience he's talking to, the CNN crowd he's talking to. They might actually not be aware of the fact that all these elite universities have become uh, places where they're just trying to churn out a particular point of political view. Yeah, yeah. Do we have time for 82, Michael? Go ahead. I think we do. American universities have been neglecting a core focus on excellence in order to pursue a variety of agendas. Yeah. Many of them clustered around diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. It started with the best of intentions. Colleges wanted to make sure young people of all backgrounds had access to higher education and felt comfortable on campus. But those good intentions have morphed into a dogmatic ideology and turned these universities into places where the pervasive goals are political and social engineering, not academic merit. Yeah! I would say they've morphed in the minds of certain people who didn't understand what was going on. But from the beginning, this has been about critical theory, which is tearing down Western civilization. I've read about this stuff until my eyes glaze over. Trust me, this whole thing is about bringing down Western civilization intentionally in the name of what I call neo-Marxism. Yeah, I noticed all that stuff you just said, Freed, about 20 years ago. But glad Welcome. to have you on board. <laughs> but don't kick you. Joe says not to kick you. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Now, broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. Celebrating 25 years of radio excellence. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Know this, but after we finish our radio show every day, the Armstrong and Getty Show, we keep on going. Yeah, we call it Armstrong and Getty. One more thing, it's a podcast that you should subscribe to right now. You can find it on the iHeart app or wherever you download podcasts. It's happening, it's finally happening. Here's a woman in a national pool final, as in shooting pool in England who was paired in the final with a transgender person, a dude, and said, no, I'm not doing this. Walked away, said, I'll take second place. I'm not dignifying this by participating. Huh? Uh, more there, of the details to come. Do dudes have an inherent advantage in billiards like they do in I other sports? I knew you were going to ask that. I knew it. Because I asked that same question myself. Yes, huge advantage, and I'll uh, prove that to you coming up. Generally, being taller would help. Uh, yeah, yeah, among other things. Although I couldn't tell you what those things are. I only shoot pool when I've had a couple of drinks, and oh. I'm quite good. And then I have half another drink, and I can't make anything. There's a giant pro-Israeli rally happening in Washington, D.C. today. Um, Fox is saying there will be 100,000 people there. I don't know how, I know how they have any idea how many people will be there, but it'll be interesting to see how big it is. I hope there are no counter-protests and violence. That's what I, I, I don't want to see. But uh, that's, yeah. that's a fairly big deal today when you've had hundreds of thousands turning out pro... What do you want to say? Palestinian or Hamas? Mm, depends who you're talking about. Right. Either descriptor is accurate, depending on the people you're talking about. You know, I, I get what you're saying about no violence, and I certainly don't want anybody to get seriously injured or anything like that, like the poor Jewish man who was beaten down and killed by a college professor in Southern California, the guy who did the beating. That's right, a college professor. That's just shocking. Um, but there is part of me getting back again to whether it's Barry Weiss's recent speech for the Federalist Society that we've referenced uh, multiple times or James Lindsay's brilliant piece in London recently, um, his speech. There's part of me that thinks anything the radical Marxist left does to unmask itself is a good thing. Let's grow the awareness of how ugly and nihilist and dangerous they are. So, luckily, me rooting for one thing or another doesn't make it happen anyway. So, we'll just have to see what happens today. Well, speaking of the the Islamist faction of the nihilists, Mike Lyons, when we were talking to him at the end of last week, said some really interesting, really fervent stuff. And and we've wanted to get that back on. Um, I want to hear it again. Honestly, um, specifically on the topic of the dozens and dozens of attacks 
from Iran's proxies, which have gone virtually unanswered. Now, we've hit a weapons depot here and a supply something or other there, but uh, the United States continues to under, underreact, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, let's I'd start, say. Let's start with clip 31, Michael. This administration does not want to get to the point where us we have to go after Iran for whatever reason. I, I, I think we know the reason because they, we do. They, this administration deep down thinks we can still all get along, and and and, and, and the, Iran has control of these Shia militia groups within Syria and within within Iraq and these places. And what do we do when they they're, they're hurting our soldiers with TBIs and one died and, and they're like it's time to get them out of there. If we're not going to protect them, it's just time mm-hmm. to go. We're going. We're hitting logistical supply places back. We should be going after the people, and we're not going at it in any kind of proportionality. We should be disproportional. We should be going after multiple strikes. So I don't get it. And again, if I was a, if I'm a parent of a soldier that's in that place, I'm oh. like, get my son or daughter out of there. It's like enough's enough. Now, ABC News's version last night is our when we hit back, we killed six either Iranian or Iranian proxies. Which I hope is true, but most it was probably an accident because we're mostly hitting unmanned facilities or making sure there's nobody there before we hit them for some reason. They're yeah, I know the kill. first one. Yeah, they're we waited tr- till nighttime. They're specifically trying to kill our soldiers. We specifically don't try to harm them for some reason. I think it is notable that uh, Mike, a decorated military veteran uh, from a military family who served in that very part of the world, said, if I had a son there now, I would be saying, get him out if you're not going to protect him. Yeah. That is, he's, he's not speaking from a position of armchair quarterbackery. Next clip, Michael. This scourge of terrorism that exists in the world, it, it, it's a cloud that hangs over our head. It's been hanging over our head for 20-something years, really since 9-11. Um, and, and the Arab nations have got to recognize that uh, you know they could help solve the problem. You know we have a combating terrorism center at West Point. We, we've devoted so many resources to trying to figure out how to do this, and it just it just has to get back to plain old power. It just has to get back to you know what we're going to eliminate the scourge from the earth, whether it's one Hamas guy at a time. Then go ahead, play that final one. Barack Obama, listening to him say, oh, we're going to create a whole new generation of terrorists. Well, guess what? If we sit there and do nothing, we're going to do the same thing. So we've got to do something. And, and, I, and again, I choose to fight. There's a time to fight right now, and that's what Israel's doing. So, so good for them. Yeah, well, that was the same speech that Bill Maher referenced on Friday in his HBO show, where he said, I've rarely been disappointed in Barack Obama, but his moral equivalency on the whole Hamas-Israel thing was too much. Yeah, yeah. This is such a turning point for American society. I hope, I hope it is anyway. Yeah, I hope it is. So Barry Weiss in her speech, again, we have it linked. You should check it out. I really think it's one of the best things that's happened in terms of standing up to this stuff and maybe ever. Um, but she she wraps up by saying that we're the last line of defense on all this stuff. And a lot of us have been keeping our mouths shut for quite a few years about a lot of these different issues because we're being polite or we just think, you know, you're a bunch of crazy young people or whatever, your college professors, whatever, we'll keep our mouth shut. And we got to stop. That, 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 that's got to end. We all got to speak up and say, no, that's insane. That's ridiculous. And she used a couple of uh, like clear-cut examples of, for instance, I didn't know this, but in most places, it's against the law to protest with your face covered. It mm-hmm. goes back to the Ku Klux Klan. It's so you wouldn't have, you know, a bunch of 
cops and city officials in some of your southern towns with their face covered protesting in the street. You're not allowed to, but, but we're allowing it for a lot of your Palest- up with Palestine, up with Hamas protesters for some reason. All kinds of places, they're, they're face covered. So no more of that. You don't get to cover your face and do that. And also, no more double standards on the whole, uh, the way you treat people on college campuses. You don't get to have a rule for certain groups of people where they, uh, uh, words are violence, and uh, that person was harmed because you misgendered them, but then turned a blind eye to actual physical violence if some right. little Jewish kid's getting pushed around in the quad. As I've been saying for a very long time, all of that crap they spout, those faux moralistic arguments about, uh, you know, words or violence or you've, you've made me feel unsafe or misgendering is a blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff is not about morality. It's not even about good manners. It's about power. If they can silence you, if they can tell you what you can and cannot say, they have seized power from you. Wake up to that. I think more and more people are. And this is not a minor threat. Again, 300,000 people in London over the weekend protesting. That's a movement. You know, if I had a time machine, a frequent uh, discussion here on the Armstrong and Getty Show, uh, I might go back. I'm not sure how far... Oh, it wouldn't do any good. I was going to say, and uh, make the point as loudly as I could, you know, Western world, importing millions of people who hate the very principles that guide you is probably going to be corrosive sooner or later. Probably a bad idea. The time machine discussion. So our our friend Tim Lawyer, Tim Sandifer, the other day on his uh, Twitter feed said if he had a time machine, he'd go back to when the... There were herds of millions of bison on the the, the, the plains of America. That's that's okay. what he would choose. That's a pretty good choice for a time machine. And, and do what? Skin them and sell their coats? <laughs> Ride them? No, witness what? it. See it. Observe He just it. wants to watch a bunch of buffaloes run around? Where the, where the buffalo roam? You don't want to go talk to James Madison about the Constitution? The buffalo... Okay, so you see that as a not a good use of a time machine. I'd skin them, sell their meat. That's what I'd do. What's yours? I don't know. I got a bunch of them. Depends on my mood. Okay, pick one. Go hang out with Jesus. You I have some questions. You don't speak his language. See, that's the pro- so many problems with the whole time machine gambit. Google Translate, dumb dumb. <laughs> You're going to freak him out. You hold your iPhone to his ear. I thought I could perform miracles. What the hell is that? <laughs> Never mind me. I'm going to worship you. No, no. Everybody's got these things in the future. Everybody. Children. You're here them. from the future? Oh, shoot. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> and you ruined it all. Right. Maybe you're better right. off watching Buffalo. Jesus punches me in the face. <laughs> Get away from me. You're freaking me out. Henry and I have been so into dinosaurs lately. Um watching various videos and that sort of stuff, and going to the museum is just, ah, boy, going to a period of time where you could witness those things walking around, but you might get at, like, in the first 30 seconds is the problem. I'd hate yeah. to get killed violently, like the moment I show up wherever I show up in my time machine. But that'd be a heck of a thing to see. Yeah, yeah. That Well, yeah. Sure, animals the size of buildings, you know, stomping about, sure. 
I'd have to think about it. If you, if I had to make one choice, you got to let me uh, noodle us through for a while. Okay. But you think, just for the record, since Tim's probably listening at some point, the whole Buffalo thing is dumb. <laughs> yes, clearly. <laughs> well, and it just occurred to me that uh, Google Translate wouldn't work because there's no Internet. So... <laughs> I'm not sure I it just does. Keep, that's weird. I'm not getting a signal, I would say, in ancient Jerusalem. I'm not sure it does ancient Aramaic or some... some I don't even know what they spoke. But. I think Aramaic. Okay. But uh, I could be wrong. There you go. Armstrong and Getty. This is the day that we say... You're about to open a pit of hell. The Bobcat Techno Warrior. Huh? A Bobcat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. Obviously, this does not appear to be a nominal situation. Well, Lottie freaking God. Okay. Come on. That was quite entertaining. That was really cool. It, it, it makes no sense. This country is going to be in big trouble. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The National Toy Hall of Fame just announced that this year's inductees are Cabbage Patch Kids, the Fisher Price Corn Popper, and Nerf. Yeah, and this is interesting. They also announced a list of the worst toys. Yeah, check some of these out. First up, there's Connect 2. That's a <laughs> I want to play again. Connect two. <laughs> I don't. I don't get that one. What am I missing? You ever play Connect Four? Connect Four is a bit vague of, memory. Connect of Four it. is a bit of a challenge. Connect Two would not be. <laughs> I don't. What, what, what was the nature of the game? I don't remember. You got this uh, little uh, standing up straight board, and you drop discs in there, and you try to get four in a row. It's like tic tac toe. Oh, only yes. you get four in a row, and you can get it. Be- <laughs> You can get no, it, I get it. diagonally or whatever. <laughs> Connect two. That would be too easy. <laughs> you want to play again or no? This reminds me. Uh, Judy was walking through the uh, with Sam's Club, whatever it was, and on the TVs, for some reason, they're playing Barney, and and she was flooded with memories of when our kids were little and loved watching Barney and stuff like that. What's old is new. Of course, dinosaurs have been around for hundreds of millions of years, so it's appropriate Barney would still be on the TV at the local uh, supermarket. You're Sam's Club's people? Not Costco Uh, people? Or do you do both? uh, We're both. You're both Costco and Sam's Club. I've never been in a Sam's Club. Rather see my sister in a whorehouse and sit wow. in Sam's oh, Club. Oh, oh, wait! A actually, they actually, have attorneys. Actually, I've, I've, I, I've only never been to one because I don't have one near me. I don't know. Are they better? Which is better? For the longest time, there was no Costco practically near to us compared to the Sam's Club, so we just got in the habit. Yeah, uh, that's how I'm a Costco perfect. person. Same situation yeah. in reverse. I think Costco's are generally bigger, but I don't know honestly. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm not allowed to go there alone anymore because I'll buy something stupid. <laughs> who's got a better? Um, <laughs> who's got a better hot dog? I, I, again, I would not know. Um, You're of no there, help on this well, topic. Well, I, I don't claim to be of any help. Um, I would point out that nobody walks around talking about Sam's Club hot dogs. Sure. In the same way they do about the Costco. You're a one percenter. I wonder what percentage of uh, Americans have both a Sam's Club and Costco membership. Seems awfully. I do. Really, you have both. Yeah. Attaboy. boy. Wow. High five, Michael. Brothers, right? Yes. It seems like so Harry and Meghan to me to have both memberships. I mean, wow! Listen to you casting aspersions. So, which is better? Michael, I like Costco better. Yeah, In it's fancier. It's, it's, it's fancier. It's okay. like Target versus Walmart. You know, really? Little, yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, I know, I know what you're talking about in terms of that vibe. Yeah. All right. Maybe yeah, Costco's bigger generally. So, mm-hmm. but how? You a, but you notice a price difference? Is that one any advantage there? 
I think they're about the same. I don't really know. How about the bulk? Am I going to get more mayonnaise for my price? Because I want a bigger <laughs> container of mayonnaise. No, they have a lot of the same merchandise, actually. God, I just, like, I don't have a, I'm in a rental. So eventually when I buy a house someday, then I'll buy that extra freezer you put in the fridge, in the in the garage, I guess. But I don't have that yeah. now. There's, like, almost nothing I can buy at Costco that I can fit in my tiny little freezer I've got at the bottom of my refrigerator. Right. Sad. Sure, I can get 6,000 popsicles for $2, but I haven't got any place to put 6,000 popsicles, so it's not that much help to me. It is sad. I'm, I'm, I'm one of your sad divorcees uh, all across America. We uh, we get together. We have meetings once a week. It's called the bar. Play Connect 2. Play <laughs> Suck Connect on popsicles. 2. Right, exactly. See, Marge? Strangling the boy has paid off. Just kidding. I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. There you go. That's actually true. They're not going to do the Homer choking Bart bit anymore on The Simpsons. That's always bothered me, honestly. Yeah, I never liked it at all. And um, it's interesting that now, after how many years? 35. Yeah. They've decided to dump it. Dump that, of all things. I don't let my kids watch The Simpsons past, like, season 30 or something. Because it's just, it's gotten more adult humor that I don't want my kids to see. Well, and you remember that Poor House Rock episode that we aired? It was overtly socialist. Yeah. Somebody sent us another clip from a recent episode that was, like, progressive, far-left political Stuff on The Simpsons, Lisa lecturing people again on something or other. Wow. Time to take it off the air. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Um, is that, remember Bill Cosby, who's a rapist, <laughs> uh, used to complain about The Simpsons because he didn't like the whole strangling thing. And I agree with him with that. I don't remember that. Yeah, he was he was, he was was big on The Simpsons. Um, uh, it was not a good show. Nobody should watch it because... Of him strangling the kid, which, you know, is not cool. Right. How's a family sitcom end up with dad strangling a 10-year-old? <laughs> and I remember O.J. Simpson hated when Nelson Muntz would say, ah, you know. <laughs> is that what you're going to do? You're gonna, you're gonna mention horrific people and how they're criticizing the Simpsons? I get it. I get it. That's funny. <laughs> Good. Excellent. <laughs> Damn. All right, O.J., shut up. Danny Masterson didn't like the fact that the bus driver was a drunk. Oh, boy. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Moving along. I uh, Later this hour, I want to update you on that whole Arab Muslim student struck in hit and hit and run at Stanford University thing. Is it a real crime or activism? Some of the facts coming up. My son got his mullet freshened up yesterday. We went to a barber shop. You got to get your mullet freshened up every now and then. Yeah, you got to tighten that thing up. Otherwise, yeah. you've just got long hair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, his mullet came out looking good. Sweet mullet. Um, he's very, very proud of it. <laughs> of all things. But um, uh, he's the only one in his class with a mullet. I guess in junior high, I was having a conversation with the barber who has kids of various ages. I guess junior high is where the mullet really kicks in. Mm. Not the grade school. And he's, st- he's still a grade schooler. Middle, well, I don't even know these. I didn't have this. I had grade school, junior high, high school. I don't. Right. Know, I don't even know what middle school is. It's junior high, isn't it? Is roughly? It? I don't know. Yeah, I think junior high. Sure, it is. Well, I got two kids is. in different schools, and they have different rules for it. And I never can remember which one's which. So he's ahead of his time, mullet wise. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he'll yeah, show yeah. up in middle school. Oh yeah, well, already well, bemulleted. Yes, exactly. And nice. is very comfortable in the ways of the mullet. Yes, <laughs> having having rocked it for a couple of years. Yes. I wish I knew where to find a picture of me with my 80s rock and roll mullet, because I rocked it hard. Yeah, I had to show him pictures of Bono from, like, 1980, because yeah. I said, you look just like Bono's mullet back in the day. 
Yeah, maybe that's what I'll show people. Yeah, here's me back in the 84. This is Bono. I had a squarer jaw back then. So softened through <laughs> a the A shorter and more Irish. Right. <laughs> Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.